Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blades Radio, BladesRadioOnline.com. This is Best of the West. It's a talk or it's a radio show where we talk about all the news and updates from the best division in football, the NFC West. I'm Jake Brown here with Kenji Ito. Kenji, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, so let's get things rolling. So, Rams, they're Wide receiver, Cooper Cup, one offensive player of the year. Should he have deserved MVP just a little bit more? Um, I think that the MVP is always like quarterback bias. So, um, and plus Rodgers did have an impressive season. Um, and did he deserve MVP? I can see some standpoints yes and some standpoints no. Um, but I think that he could have won MVP if he broke Calvin Johnson's record. I think so. Calvin Johnson did uh, was the last wide receiver to win the Triple Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised that he wasn't up for a little more consideration because mm-hmm. Brady and Rodgers were the top two. Yeah, But I feel sure. like if you win Opoi or Depoy, that you should also be MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, I agree. Because like in like one of those players should be MVP. Because in um, baseball, if you're a pitcher that wins MVP, you are also going to win the Cy Young Award. Okay. So I actually did not know that. So the, in the very rare instance that pitchers win MVPs, mm-hmm. so. That's just my that's just my take. Yeah. And then also like what I want to add is like it is a coincidence that Matthew Stafford is both their quarterbacks for Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. So yes, I think that has to tell you a little something that Matthew Stafford like during the season likes to focus on one receiver. And if that receiver's not open, he likes to target others. And I think that's kind of like a form format that he kind of follows. Yes, and it, and with uh, the Rams, he's had more of a very uh, better wide receivers than he would have in Detroit. Um, and because uh, you got, not only do you got OBJ, and because Robert Woods went down, you got Van Jefferson as well. So you got a top three that works. And when Bobby Trees gets back, you know, the, uh, and if Odell Beckham decides to come back, it's a one, two, three, four, lethal one, two, three, four. Yeah, and and plus you also have like a good offensive line, everything, and a great quarterback and a great running back. So uh, that offense is completely loaded with uh, lethal weapons. You know? Yeah. And moving on here. Um, what should the Rams game plan be this weekend for Super Bowl Sunday? That's tomorrow. So what's going on with the Rams for this weekend? How can they stop Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Um, I think that play the offense like normal, you know, uh, uh, gun heavy, throw a lot, run, run when needed and everything. And the defensive side of the ball, the Rams, the Rams already know that the Bengals are very fast paced. They're like, they're almost an air raid, but like complete, like almost not at the same time. So, and you know, the biggest question is that how well is the O-line going to like 
hold up, you know. So you have Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd, and Aaron Donald all rushing, all rushing at the quarterback at once. Take that to your advantage, you know. Rush them all, and then rush like possibly two more guys when you know you've got that crucial third, fourth, third, fourth, second, first, first down, you know. Because so um, literally every down, yes. you should rush the quarterback. Not every down, but most importantly third down because you know pressuring the quarterback really um literally uh, like stops the momentum of the team and it kind of says man like you know we could have done better everything and that gives better momentum to the other side of the ball because you know our defense made a stop we'll let them rest for a little bit and then we can crawl out and speaking of um awards uh should uh Aaron Donald was he snubbed of Depoy? I know that TJ uh, Watt did have the sack record this year, but many say that Aaron Donald is not even the best defense player right now, but also the best player right now. Mm-hmm. So do you think he should have won Depoy over a record-breaking season from TJ Watt? Yeah, I also want I also like want to hear your take about this, but I do not think he was snubbed at all. I think TJ Watt definitely deserved it. Um, he got kind of got robbed last year too, and Pittsburgh Steelers fans can say that. But when you when you tie Michael Strahan's twenty two and a half sack record, I think you cannot beat that. You know, like mm-hmm. and remember, TJ Watt did not play a full season. He had to like opt out of some games because of injuries and I think he played 13 games this year 13 games so just imagine if he played a 17 week schedule he would he would have become the best all-time Zach leader so um but I want to hear your take on that yeah I have to agree with you on this uh I I love Aaron Donald I like I just he's a fantastic player uh but TJ Watt was just on a whole other level this year um and 22 and a half sacks 23 and a half sacks whatever uh that he would have had at the, by the end of the season if he played all 17 games it's insane that he sacked 22 and a half quarterbacks uh or had 22 and a half sacks because you can't sack half a quarterback um well um in a third like Michael Strahan did that in 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. He did that. TJ Watt did that in 13. Yeah. So that's just insane. And not only was he successful at getting to the quarterback, he was just pressuring the quarterback all throughout the season. Yeah, he, he's really all over that field uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So now um, I think it's time to move on to the Arizona Cardinals uh, news and opinion section. So I think this is like one of the biggest things that can happen to any player, any team, anything else. But Kyler Murray, after the like Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl time, uh, he unfollowed the Cardinals team and removed everything on Instagram except two photos, which were Pro Bowl photos and and uh, an Oklahoma photo he had back in college. But at the same time, in response, Cardinals delete most of their Instagram photos. So. What do you think about this whole Kyler Murray situation? Like some say that he's gone. Some some say that you know he's wanting a lot of money in response to this. Um, so like, what's your take? I think this is. I don't want to say it's blown out of proportion because I don't really think it is. I think it's. I think it's weird to assume that just because a player removed most of their social media 
doesn't mean that they're gone. I think that Kyler Murray is unhappy by how the season ended because they started out 7-0 and then they were first-round exits. So I, you know, we've been talking about the past few weeks about getting rid of Steve Kime or and or Cliff Kingsbury. Um, but I think that Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is not going to get the uh, a large contract in my opinion, like, or he will get a large contract, but it won't be record-breaking. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, you're all good. Uh, but to sit, assume all this just because he removed a bunch of photos on Instagram okay. is just absurd to me. Yeah, um, like, like you said, I completely agree that he's definitely upset. And do I think this is kind of like a, like a strategy of getting like big money, not like Superman, but like big money. Yes, because like he's, I think he's showing the Cardinals right now that um, he's showing the Cardinals right now that if he doesn't get his money that he wants, he's either gone. Yeah, uh, he's either gone or, you know, he's going to be upset for the rest of his time. Yeah. Um... So it it we'll see we'll strap into what uh Kyler Murray situation is. We'll keep following closely and update you either on our Twitter, BOTW Blaze, uh, or our Instagram that I've barely used yet, but it's BOTW Blaze there as well. Um 49ers, uh Bryant Young made it the 2022 Hall of Fame class, among others. Uh does he deserve it? Um, or and uh, was Patrick Willis snubbed? Um, let's see. I think Patrick Willis was definitely snubbed uh, out of this uh, Pro Bowl uh, class, Hall of Fame he, class. Hall of Fame class is because you know he was he was the dominant leader on the 49ers defense for a very long time. You can argue how many how stacked that defense was, but he is really the reason why that defense was controlled, that they stayed put together. And I think without the Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman duo, um, we can argue that, or we can talk about at least that the 49ers could not have made the uh, 2013 Super Bowl, you know? 2000, um, 2015, or not 15, 2012. Was it 2012? Yeah, Seahawks made it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like that's a that's a huge argument someone can make, but I think that that defense, like maybe the Seattle Legion of Boom era, they kind of that 49ers defense really carried the offense with Colin Kaepernick at that quarterback at the time. Yeah, and it's not like that um, offense was bad either. Like Colin, uh -huh. like people like to say that Colin Kaepernick wasn't a star quarterback, which. I mean, he's had a couple. He had a couple of seasons where he was, he was you know, great. where yeah. he was great. He was unstoppable, um, and he had good receivers to throw to. Frank Gore was was one of the best running backs at the time. Yeah, I don't even know if he's still playing now. Honestly, uh, he. I just assume he still is. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I know he wants to go into like boxing or something. But that's weird. Yeah. Um. I guess when you get hit in the head too many times. Yeah, you go to another concert but, sport, huh? But as of 
But as for Bryant Young, who did make the Hall of Fame, 89 and a half sacks, that's a lot of sacks. Yeah. Over, um, I think, an 11-year career. Mm-hmm. Double check me on that. Yeah. Um, Let's check. But anyway, I I thought that Bryant Young was deserving. Um, you know, he dominant football player. Yeah, eighty nine and a half sacks within a fourteen year career. Fourteen year career. Okay. Yeah, that you know, I, I think that since he's like since he got elected this year, um, I think he should have uh, got elected sometime before. You know, like eighty eighty nine and a half sacks with only one team is entirely crazy. Um, and like the only defensive players that are like clear edge rushers that come to my mind are him. Uh, is it Charlie? It's either Charles Young or Charlie Young. Uh, he was an outside linebacker for the 49ers during that uh, Montana era. Alden Smith and Justin Smith. You know, those are the only four guys that come to mind. So like. Adding another 49ers, I think, to the Hall of Fame loss is, like, great. And do I think he should have been selected right before? Yes. So, um, to list off more of Bryant Young's stats, he was um, D-Roy, He was third in D-Roy voting in 94. Uh, he was fourth in Depoy voting, uh, but he made a first team and a Pro Bowl in 96. Uh, he then went on to be a three-time second team and uh, made three more Pro Bowls throughout the rest of his career. But really, it was after uh, 2002 where he kind of just became a little bit more average. But he did have an eight-sack uh, season when and his age 33 season. Yeah, and that, that's just very nice. You know, people get old, you know, Age it is a number in the football world. Um, and sometimes when you're getting older and as time goes on, you kind of just say, you know, I gotta hang up the cleats, I gotta put away the pads and say I'm done. Mm-hmm. So um the digression is normal. Mm-hmm. Um and going off a little top like off topic, what Brady did was unbelievable, but like a normal NFL player, you know, like yes. 30s, uh high 30s, I should say, because you know. People are getting older mm-hmm. and playing longer. Um, they just kind of digress and they say, you know, I'm done. Yes. And um, it's kind of what makes like guys like Ray Lewis, like not an ash rusher, but a linebacker, Ray Lewis, like really special because of how dominant he was throughout his entire career, oh, yeah. all with one team. Uh, so that to me is like, an example of because you don't really see a lot of defensive player longevity because yeah, um, of all the hits they have to take. Yeah, Luke, Luke, uh, Luke Keekley is a prime, prime example. You know, I think he retired way too young, but this he got like banged up so much that he's like, you know, I've got to quit. And Cam Chancellor, too, he like yeah. probably one of the hardest hitters of his generation. Yeah, exactly. he, he had to retire from football because he failed a physical yeah and uh it was kind of just the end of the legion of boom there yeah um it kind of just you know fell apart which is which is very unfortunate because you know that defense in the 2010s was 
so fun to watch, you know. Yes. Um, so since we were just talking about a Seattle legend, let's now move on to Seattle news. Uh most of their news is head head coaching and hiring coaches, but they hired Sean Desai as an associate head coach. So could he replace Pete Carroll as the head coach after like next season or maybe two, three, four seasons from now? Oh, I don't think I don't think Pete's gonna stay for four years, four mm-hmm. more years. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I'm just like continuing. Yeah, but I think when I saw this, this made so much sense to me mm-hmm. because um, uh, Sean Desai is kind of an up and coming coach. He's 38 years old. He was coaching that defense for the Bears that has uh, and made Roquan Smith uh, not look like a bust anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, whatever, or was it Robert Quinn that was a bust that turned good? I can't remember. It was one of them. Yeah, I think I think it was Robert Quinn. Robert he Quinn, had a monster year this year. Yes, made it to the Pro Bowl as well. Yes, I, it was a uh, Robert Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was when I heard that he was up for a defensive uh, coordinator position. I was thinking, yes that would be great because of how good those linebackers were and our in Seattle's strength is the linebacker position. Yeah, exactly. So I, on on defense, I should say. So you got a defensive minded head coach, you got a defensive minded associate head coach. Yeah. It would make sense to have Pete Carroll kind of mentor this, uh, Sean Desai for, about a year or so for another season and he retires gives the helm to Sean Desai if Sean Desai does well yeah um personally I think that Pete is going to be gone like he's not going to be gone after this upcoming season he's going to be gone two seasons from now um I think that's even though his contract is up after the season after this upcoming season I think they're gonna I think they're gonna sign him for like because you know he, he has, like even though he's old and Seattle fans don't like him, but you know he has the energy. He has a lot of energy. He brings a lot of energy to the team. He makes questionable play calls, but like you know, um, when he gets a groove going with the offense and the defense, you know that that team cannot stop rolling. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I think he he they're gonna sign him for only like a little term deal and they are like a one-year deal like maybe yeah maybe one or two or like very very low budget of money and yeah they are going to promote sean because i feel like he has the he's going to have the best experience as a head coach yes because he's going to be under a future hall of fame coach Mm -hmm. for at least a year Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then another instead of having to learn from Matt Nagy. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Don't even get me started with Matt Nagy right there. But another coaching hire that uh, they signed was Carl Scott as a secondary coach and passing game coordinator. So uh, he has previously uh, coached for Alabama as a defense back coach, and he was the secondary coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, from the past and everything. So 
but they also assign this title to it as something important. So what does this do to the secondary and the last name? Well, I'm not exactly sure about, I don't really know much about um, Carl Scott to really make a conclusion here. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what I have noticed and what I'm glad is happening is that Seattle is hiring like most, if not all of their new hires are all minority coaches. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like they're only like main, um, like the only uh, white guys on the main coaching staff are Pete Carroll and Shane Waldron. Yeah, exactly. And, and Shane Waldron needs to go. <laughs> After one year, yes. not going to give him any more. No. <laughs> sound, you sound just like a Seattle fan. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like his offense. That's fine. Anyway, but I, I'm really in the era where Brian Flores is suing the NFL for racial discrimination. I think that Seattle proves um, that there can't be racial integration racial integration in the sport, in the coaching staff. And I, Seattle's a good, uh, Seattle's been very good at that. Yeah, and uh, my little take on this is that I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great future hire just because he's, he's coached with Nick Saban mm -hmm. and everything. And like Alabama is going through possible roles a little bit. You know, they've always had good secondaries, no matter what. What year it is, like, or just to throw a couple of names like Marlon Humphrey, Patrick Sertin, Trayvon Diggs, you know, those guys are all great. And he's probably watched all those guys play, you know, so I think it's it's going to be a major improvement to what they have. You mean Trayvon Diggs, the guy who can't cover his own brother? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 1,000 yard cornerback? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So um, now let's move on to the Super Bowl prediction. Jake, who do you got? Uh, well, we got very similar scores and the exact same MVP and the exact same team winning. Uh, even though I want the Bengals to win, because uh, I'm a Seahawks fan, I can't root for LA, mm -hmm. even though we have this podcast. Yeah. I won't be upset for it by any means, but I have to go with the Rams. I think they're going to win 31 to 27. I trust the uh, Rams defensive line more than I trust the Bengals O-line. Uh, and I know last game, the Bengals offensive line actually performed pretty well. Yeah. But I, the Chiefs linebackers are not com comparable to the Rams defensive line. Mm -hmm. And you add in... Uh, on the offensive side, Cooper Cup versus Eli Apple. Yikes. Yeah, that's that's gonna be tough. People reference the time last two weeks ago when Eli Apple stopped Tyree Kill from getting to the end zone mm -hmm. from the two-yard line. And it's like cool, he made a play, but can yeah. he do that consistently against what the top receiver in football this year? Yeah, I personally don't think so. But, um well um since you did say we both have the same MVP, we both have Matthew Stafford. Yes. I can see it going to Aaron Donald if he has a monster game, but I think it's Matthew Stafford's gonna have the bigger one. This is not even throwing Cooper Cup in the mix. Uh possibly. Possibly if he has like Julian Edelman Super Bowl numbers, you know. 
Um, but this is odd, but I have this kind of being a shootout. So I have the score prediction being 37 to 30, mm -hmm. which is very high scoring. Uh, and it's going to be for the Rams in this one. The, the Bengals are seeing the best team, the best defense they've ever seen in the playoffs this season. Uh, the Rams have home field advantage, and we saw what happened with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the season. But that defense is not going to stop the Bengals' offense because, because I'm trying to think about this. Um, because you know they're a very fast pace and a fire, like a firing team, you know. Mm -hmm. Like they just like to air the ball out. And since they like to do that, the Rams kind of in response have to do the same thing. So even though I said earlier today that you know do what they already know, they might like some some points in the game, they actually might have to change their scheme to match what the Bengals. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just a game of adjustments, like, throughout the game. Like, the Bengals going to adjust to whatever the Rams going to do, and the Rams going to adjust to whatever the Bengals going to do, and vice versa throughout the game. It it just depends on how – because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have made some magic this postseason. Absolutely. And it's been absolutely amazing to see what they've done on the football field the past four weeks. Uh it's just that can they do that in – even though they're they're the home team, they're not playing in their home stadium, of course. It was supposed to be a neutral site, but it's the Rams making the post making the Super Bowl. Second, we didn't do this the first 53 years, but the last two years. Um, anyway, I, I just don't know. I It's hard to bet against Joe Burrow, but it's hard to bet against the Rams' defensive line. Yeah, just simple. because just because they're so good and the o-line for the Bengals is just really bad mm -hmm. not as bad as some other teams but uh, yeah. they definitely should look for an o-line this draft yeah exactly and i think that was like one of the big questions sucked in jamar chase is because you know jamar will have no time but it turned out to be a great pick yeah, and they have a very fast-paced offense. Yeah, exactly. And so that kind of works out. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Will we see Matthew Stafford holding up the trophy, or will we see uh, Joe Burrow uh, holding up the trophy with cigar in mouth? Yeah, smoking that, smoking that Rams pack. Smoking that Rams pack. Well, that's yeah. going to be it for us this week. Uh, this has been Best of the West. I have been Jake Brown here with Kenji Ito, and we will see you next week. And who knows what we'll talk about next week. There could be a lot of news coming up. Maybe Kyler Murray will put all his social media back on. Uh, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place, 9 to 9.30 here on Blaze Radio.